Welcome to the Love of Dirt podcast. I'm Nikki and I'm your host and today we're going to be talking about wicking beds for the vegetable garden. Hi guys, welcome back to another week. Um, Today I'm going to be talking about wicking beds for the veggie patch. So one of my first um, blog posts, which I wrote many years ago, was our setup of a mini wicking bed pot inspired by an episode of Gardening Australia. Um, there was a man called Roman from Spurtopia um, and he had a collection of them and his rental property in Brisbane. Um, so I basically tried it out and just documented my, my process and my experiments with it. Um, it worked well for a while, um, but the styrofoam eventually failed it could have been hit by a whippersnipper. I'm not 100% sure, but I never got around to implementing that type again. But instead, I moved on to different ways of doing that. So over the years, we've had some fails and some wins with the various setups um, and experiments. So I thought I'd share my learnings today. So what is a wicking bed? So a wicking bed or a sub-irrigation, if you're in the US, is essentially a raised gun bed that has a reservoir of water at the base of the bed. And the idea is to water only two below and allowing the soil to wick the water up as the plants need it to grow. So what's inside the wicking bed? You will generally find um, a wicking bed consists of a waterproof membrane to contain everything. So whether that's a pond liner or whether you're using a plastic container like a, a bulk liquid storage containers such as an IBC, a bathtub or whatever. Um, Essentially what you're doing is an area to contain your water. Um, So inside that area you you are creating a reservoir. So you want an area that's not actually going to be filled with soil. So you can do that by using gravel or ag pipe. Um, You can buy commercial products, um, wicking wells and things like that. Um, From there, you usually have a wicking layer, so a media such as sand or perlite or um, fine gravel. And then on top of that, you've got your loamy soil that you grow your veggies in. So depending on your setup, each layer will generally have a a barrier. So we use a geotextile in between, and that just stops everything from mixing all together. Um, what you'll have is a pipe that feeds directly down into the reservoir. So you, you need to avoid sort of watering the top of it. Um, cause that will prevent the, the wicking to actually work. Um, and the plants will sort of keep their roots up above and not dig down for the water. Um, and you'll also need an overflow pipe. So if there does, if that does happen to be a lot of rain, um, or somehow you've left the tap on like we often do <laughs> there's there's an area for the um, water to overflow so it doesn't drown your plants so the benefits of wicking beds is pretty straight is pretty self-explanatory um, it's they are efficient so the time that you are taking to water them and also the water efficiency is really um, spot on so we only fill our reservoirs in summer once a week if that if there's rain we don't usually fill it at all um and even less in winter so with that it's a fraction of what we would be pouring directly by irrigation or or hand watering on our regular raised beds so the other benefit is they're not competing with 
anything else that you may have in your garden. So for instance, for us, we have some big trees in a neighboring block that just um, love to come visit. <laughs> Their roots end up in everything. Uh, so it is a big reason why we are looking at converting a lot of our raised beds to wicking beds um, to prevent that uh, penetration from those trees coming into our garden. So Yes, great benefits, time saving. It's great if you work all week and you're only getting the garden on the weekends um, and you don't have to worry about things dying while you're, you know, heading off to work or what have you. There are some downfalls. And so in the past, we've found excessive amounts of rain. Um, as I said, it affects that wicking process. Um, but what we've also found is it seems to sort of leach all of the good stuff out of um, the the soil really quickly um so we have to top it up a bit more than what we would our regular garden beds um the other option the other thing is the topping up so as with raised beds that are higher high in organic matter there is that sort of tendency to drop down as the season progresses and that that organic matter eventually decomposes so normally that's not a big deal in that situation but in a wicking bed, what it means is if the soil drops down too far, that plant roots can hit that saturation zone where it's just too wet and plants can, can rot really quickly and if they don't love wet feet. So that's another downside to it. The other thing is the plastic. So obviously, um, if you don't love plastic, then a wicking bed's probably not going to be a good idea for you because of that reservoir that you need to create. So that waterproof membrane. Um Obviously, there, there may be other possibilities of using clay or anything, but I haven't seen anyone do it successfully. If you know or have seen anyone who's done it successfully, um, please hit me up um, and let me know. Um, I'd love to sort of link and show examples and see if it can be done. So let's talk about whether or not they're right for you. So we love them for the vast majority of the year. Um, autumn to spring. Our rainfall is, rainfall is particularly low, especially in spring when the temperatures are really high. Um, they're great. Absolutely couldn't live without it, basically. However, when the rains come and we get a lot of rain all at once, um, they don't do as well. Um, and it's, it's kind of relative as well because not much does well at that time of year anyway. But things just seem to just not thrive at all. Um, so if you have an enclosed, if you get a lot of rainfall, um, having them undercover would actually be more beneficial. Obviously, you still need sunlight, so it would need to be something that allows sunshine in. Um, but if you are in an area with extremely high rainfall, then I wouldn't recommend them. They probably wouldn't be of any great benefit to you um, in that situation. However, if you kind of live in a very dry um, location for your peak growing season um, I'm thinking sort of central Queensland out west then wicking beds are absolutely perfect like if you've got problems with water then definitely investigate and look more into them so in terms of what plants do really well in them we haven't tried a great deal um, as the wicking beds that we have, we've mostly planted perennials and they've stayed put. Um, so things like tomato, uh, sorry, strawberries. <laughs> I actually haven't tried a tomato in. Um, we've got strawberries, we've got chilies, we've got Swiss chard and kale. Um, 
a lot of herbs. They do really well. Um, the big winner for us this year was a watermelon. We've never ever grown a watermelon to full maturity without it splitting right before it was ripe. Um, so this year we put it in a wicking bed and even though we got those summer downpours right when it was ripening up, um, it handled it. It didn't split like that sort of constant moisture with the watermelon worked really, really well for it. So this year we're doing more moisture loving plants um, over summer. So the loofah, the kangkong, the, the snake beans, and they're all doing really well. And the tromboncino is loving life, um, even though we're not getting much fruit because of the fruit fly attacking it. <laughs> um, but it's doing really well in it as well. So in terms of doing it yourself, um, there are loads of options um, to, to make your own wicking bed. Inside my Dirt Lovers membership, I have a few setups. Um, if you're a member, you can go and check out the wicking beds. I've got a, a retrofit and a start from scratch option for you. Um, but you can also check out Rob from Bits at the Back has experimented quite extensively with wicking beds. So you can go check him out. He's got a load of videos on his YouTube channel. Um, and there was also a episode on Gardening Australia where Sophie set up one down in Adelaide or down in South Australia. Um, the way that she set it up, we've experimented with and it didn't really work that well for us. But um, again, it is one of those things that you do really need to experiment because it's going to be different for every sort of location. In terms of commercial options, there there's heaps of things hitting the market in this space. Um, they are on the higher end of the scale in terms of cost. Um, but you need to factor in that one, you're going to save money on like it's the raised bed. It's also the irrigation aspect and it's also that water saving feature. So I guess it's all you've got to consider all of those factors when sort of looking at budgets. So there's a couple um, options as water ups, which is basically just the well section. Um, so you can essentially pond line what you've got already and then put these wicking wells in in there. Um, there's also a product called a food cube, which is kind of like the whole kit and caboodle. It's all set up, ready to go. You just add your soil. Um, and the veg pot is said to be a wicking bed, but we've got one ourselves and um, it doesn't work like a wicking bed at all. I'm pretty sure there are a few hacks that need to be done to it to actually make it more of a wicking bed. So um, I think Rob from Bits Out the Back actually has some YouTube clips on that as well. Um, just a heads up, none of these products are sponsored or affiliated. It's just ones I've used or being recommended. So summing up, I think a wicking bed is a really great solution for people who are time poor, people who live in areas of low rainfall. And just if you've got issues with an area that you can't grow food, it's a really, really good option if you're battling like us with invading roots. I'd love to know if you have set up a wicking bed in your space, what kind of method you've used, um, any sort of tips or tricks, please uh, hit me up on social media or send me a message via my website. I'll have all the show notes with some links to some things that I referenced in this um, podcast today on my website. So you can head on over to loveofdirt.com.au and um, check that out. So until next week, um, I will speak to you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Love of Dirt podcast. If you love this episode, please leave a review to subscribe, check out other episodes or grab some of my free food growing resources. Head on over to loveofdirt.com.au forward slash podcast.